Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America, food producers and food consumers. It happens to be another Red Shirt Friday. And I say Red Shirt Friday because we do wear red on Fridays to say thank you to those men and women who risk it all for our protection. And, and there are many ways to protect us and liberty going forward, restoring liberty, whatever case you want to make. I happen to have the founding member and the chairman of the Iowa Liberty Movement, Jim Carlin. How are you? Good. How are you this morning, Trent? Scattered, but I've been scattered <laughs> for like three or six months. So it's just another day. It's great. Awesome. There you go. A lot of activity taking place in Iowa these days. I might also mention Jim joining us from Iowa because he has a, a former state senator and ran against Chuck Grassley at one point in time. What'd you learn from that race, Jim? Uh, what what you learn is <laughs> process. The media end of things is very, very controlled and getting your message out is very, very challenging. Um, didn't matter what the story was, it was not going to get out. So that that's something anybody would have to contend with. It's 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 pretty pretty da- it's a daunting task to take that on, but uh, that's what you learn from it. You learn how you learn how dirty it is, and uh, it was an eye opener. I'll just tell you that, Trent. <laughs> yeah, I saw Chuck Grassley in in his element, and. Um, the fall of 2002, I'm sure that's when. No, I think it was 2001, to be honest. The fall of 2001, he was on a 99-county ethanol tour, and then he was going to and make sure that we had not only ethanol plants in every county, but that we had a manure digester in every county. And I happened to be at one of those stops near Creston, Iowa. He got out of the car, and a, you know what the first thing he asked his handler is where's there the, any meat? Was that Dairy Queen? <laughs> <laughs> no, we were on a farm, so the, there wasn't a Dairy Queen. But the first thing he said was, "Who's here from the media and where are they at?" And then, yeah. and I was the only one. And then, so he made sure, no matter where he was, that I had a very clear sound and angle. And it was just like this guy knows how to use the media to make sure they're conveying what he wants people to hear. And he's been the master at it for years. So I have no idea why we walked through that little dissertation of Chuck Grassley's history, but it shaped your future. No doubt about it. It, it, it definitely shaped the way I see things. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we think we're governed by politicians, Trent. We're governed by corporations. And that was one of my big takeaways from it. Cause when you, when you look at the money into things, you realize the degree to which, that's the case. And that's one of the reasons why I started this thing was we have to have people elected with enough metal to their spine that they represent the people of Iowa and not the corporations and, and uh, the lobbyists. And that, that's that's the only way we get in the game. And we have to get people like that, people like people like you elected into the state house and, and uh, the Senate and Congress and everything else. And there, you mentioned it, but there's a tremendous censorship and control through media to make sure that people who speak their mind 
do not get a place to have a platform. You're absolutely, I saw that firsthand. I, I would put out press releases to newspapers, radio stations, TV, and I, and I, I mean, like real stories with some real bite to them. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't touch them with a 10-foot pole. And if those stories got out on a national platform, uh, they, they would have been huge. But they didn't get out because that control was there. And you have to have a you got to have a counterpunch for that stuff. And you know that's one of the challenges we have to take up as grassroots conservatives. We got to we we got to stay connected. We got to get good information to each other. We also have to embrace our own personal responsibility to show up, however we can, and mobilize these people that think like we do. Because there's a lot of us. Just to give our listeners a, a glimpse of how severe it is. And I think it's much more severe than this, but this is our personal example from today, this very day. For the past two weeks, Ryan Binkley has been scheduled to be on Fox and Friends this morning from the machine shed. And yesterday, he was informed that he would not be getting any time on air. They didn't tell him why, but we do know that in the past week, he's become very vocal against the CO2 pipelines. So it's not too hard to make the Um, assessment that what you've told us, that corporations control us. He's taken a stand against a wealthy Iowa corporation, and all of a sudden on Fox, he's muted. Two and two two is four in my world, Jim. Yeah, it isn't hard to connect those dots, especially when there's billions of dollars involved. And, uh, you know, Pipeline is that, that's one of your big issues, I know. And um, when you look at the players who are involved in that conversation, whether it's Terry Brandstad or uh, Vilsack or Rastetter, um, those guys have all the they got it all teed up and ready to go. And, uh, you know, the House and Senate, well, the House did take up a bill, but you can't abdicate your responsibility to represent the people of Iowa when there's eminent domain and land grabs involved. And, Unfortunately, we don't have that in Iowa right now. That's just one example. Yeah, it is just one example. Iowa Liberty Network, tell us why you began this and who's all involved. Sure. Uh, I I served in the House and Senate for six years. And one of the hard lessons you learn is uh, I was actually told by a Senate majority leader, if you want something here, you got to go along to get along. What, what does that really mean? Um, you got to let us define your votes for you. And when you say no, I, I, <laughs> I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to stick in my conscience, my own personal convictions. Um, you get, you get frozen out. You get, you don't get the campaign money. You, you don't get the good committees. Your bills don't get to subcommittees. They, they don't get, uh, to full committee and that's that's the price of integrity and um and you still have to stay that course no matter what no matter how coercive that is you have to stay the course and when i got to the other side of that i'm like you know this is this is ridiculous that legislation if you look at my legislation on the iowa legislative website it's about people Mm-hmm. And when your stuff doesn't get to the floor and it's it's very well thought out, you ask yourself why. 
And I had a sex trafficking bill that had full Senate support, bipartisan Senate support, go over to the House for sex trafficking. We had three full-time employees involved in minor sex trafficking in the state of Iowa. That's like, that's terrible. Got over to the House and it mysteriously dies. Never made it to full committee. Uh, it never left Megan Jones' desk. And um, you're like, if it had bipartisan unanimous support in the Senate, why would it not get to full committee? Because I was running against Chuck Grassley. That's why. So, I mm. mean, that's how dirty it is, in my mind, in my opinion. That's how dirty. I found I've, I, I was a chair of the Veterans Affairs Committee. I found out that the $30 million and the interest that funds veterans programs was getting eight-tenths of 1% interest. Eight-tenths of 1%. That, that sounds like a great return. Yeah. Well, then you, you're like, why Why is this such a lousy? Because I, I don't know who it was. Somebody's making money on it, right? Yeah. So I went to the treasurer and I said, hey, you guys oversee IPERS, can't you? Put this in a fixed index fund with Vanguard or something to get a seven or eight or nine percent. We should be able to do a whole lot better than this. Again, bipartisan unanimous support in the Senate gets over the House and dies, mm. and gets passed a year later under under another representative's name. But the the, the point is this: um, Iowans really do suffer loss when you have people who won't stand up for them. And you, you see that in the classroom. You see that on private property rights. You saw that with the vaccination mandate. We got all these health care providers all over the state getting fired because they, they won't they won't be vaccinated. And, and uh, you know, at the same time, they're, they're not going to give you the data on the realities of what happened to a lot of those people. So. It's like it's incredibly coercive, but you have to stand up and do the right thing. So the premise for this is simple. We go out and we find people with with a very strong backbone. We have 14 legislators working with us. We want to get some more. The only way you have a voice in this game is by putting strong people in those seats. That's the only way it changes. It doesn't change from people showing up at the Capitol, the emails, the phone. I saw all that for six years. It didn't go Jim, anywhere. I got to go to a break. We'll find more strong people and we return with more roll routes on Red Shirt Friday after this. Conversation today on Across the Pond about pest and weed control and spraying. Simpson Farm Enterprises will help you with that on the web, simpsonfarm.com. Apache sprayers, get it done. Welcome back. Roll route. Trent Luce alongside Jim Carlin joining us from Iowa. And uh, I, I should have asked this before, Jim, but when you said you chaired the Veterans Committee, I knew that you were a veteran. Thank you for your service. You bet. In the 80s yeah. as a field artillery officer? No, I was an EM. Hmm. Just, an, just an enlisted kid. And, and then I went, you know. You go back to school and, and you know, a couple of years in the military kind of changes your perspective. It gave me an appreciation for things. And uh, but I learned a lot while I was serving and, and um, it got me grounded in some things. And uh, uh, it makes you grow up. It makes you take a more disciplined approach to your life. And um, 
Yeah, I was stationed out of Fort Lewis, Washington. We uh, we once got a day off because the sun was shining. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a common practice in Fort Lewis, no, Washington. Not out there. It. Yeah, not out there. And for a different reason than the sun doesn't shine anymore. Now it doesn't shine here because Canada has to continue to set fires. But that was a different yep. deal in a different time. Yeah. Uh, the eighties. I, I I did not serve. I just show appreciation and respect to everyone who does and has. Sure. But the eighties had to be one of the real good times to be in the United States military. No. Well, when I got in. You know, it was a the tail you know the tail end of the Vietnam War was behind us, mm-hmm. and uh, there wasn't any money in the in the military budget. All of our equipment was was in bad shape, and then President Reagan took over, and then you started to see this gradual transformation. You know, where belief in the military started started to be restored. Uh, the money started to come back in to, to adequately fund our stuff. I mean, we used to get through IG inspections, literally taking parts off of one truck and putting them on another. It was it was it was pretty ridiculous back then. But uh, the need for a strong military, obviously, that was a that was a big part of President Reagan's agenda, and, and uh, that's something we had to have. Yeah, we won't talk about that. What's taking place with that today? We'll leave that for another time and another place. Um, I do believe that if we had more individuals who serve in state legislators in uh, federal positions and in the White House that were veterans, we would all be better off. That would just, that would just improve things immensely. Well, they, you know, they have a different take on uh, they. I, I think most soldiers understand the responsibility of freedom, and uh, it is a responsibility. And you, you, you know, our vision for what we do is to preserve and restore liberty in Iowa. And um, you know, our parents and our grandparents, many of them, paid a very steep price for what we for what we have. And, you know, we have to be honest with ourselves. We have, You know, the thing is this, Trent. You got to live in the reality of your kid's future. What does it look like? What do you see coming down the road? What are you doing to engage that? What are you doing to fight for them? And, um, you know, when you frame your life and your responsibility, you, you think about those things and ask yourself, what can I do to show up for my kids and my grandkids? I think veterans understand that. A lot of them. We clearly have a lot of not only elected officials, but everyday citizens and parents that don't understand that today because we have, I, I see it every day. Jim, people show up with their handout asking for some subsidy, asking for some leg up, not fully understanding the repercussions that we're leaving for our kids and grandkids or not caring. Right. Well, when you don't take responsibility, somebody else owns you. And somebody else is defining your boundaries. And somebody else is calling the shots. And, you know, you see that. You know, Obamacare, for instance, not to get too in the weeds here, but, you know, we told, oh, we're going to make this affordable, right? Um, Really what they did (laughs) 
and the devil's in the details. And Iowa Liberty Network people, we get in the we get in the weeds, we get in the details, we find out what's really going on. And uh, Obamacare basically created a monopoly for Blue Cross Blue Shield. They tripled premiums. There's virtually no competition to incentivize good behavior. Uh, is a quality of health care better now than it was before? No, it's not even close. So, you know, under the guise of making things affordable, you now you don't get to make your own health care decisions. They're being pre-certified. They're being defined by somebody else. That's just one simple example. You know, um, the Patriot Act and privacy is another example. You know, we're told we're going to keep you safe. Well, in the process, you're your all, all, all your meaningful privacy, your private conversations—they're all out there now. You don't have that boundary any longer. So, you, you have to look: where's this thing really going in policy and legislation? What are they really trying to do here? And you got to have the self-awareness to see what's really going on with this, with these things. How fitting we talk about the Patriot Act on the um right as we now are in the throes of the 911 anniversary and every one of us remember where we were at that day and what we were doing and uh how terrorism was such a part of our lives on a daily basis and now looking back as a result of 911 we get the patriot act and i as a us citizen am constantly monitored yet we're no safer we have more risk from our enemies within than we did from the enemies abroad. And I wonder how many people actually just sit and think about those things. You have to. Because, I mean, technology now is probably the single greatest existential threat to our freedom that mm-hmm. there is. Um, you know, they they now, I mean, the, your phone has an incredible database on you. There was a movie called Social Dilemma that, that was a documentary like five years ago. Um, that phone tracks everything about you. And so if somebody has that kind of information and they know where you're going and they know what you're saying and they know who you're talking to and everything else, uh, wrong motivation, that, that could be a pretty darn tyrannical instrument to, uh, to control people. And, you know, that, you know, that has to be, that has to be confronted. The government is supposed to be about protecting and preserving liberty and freedom. And it's now, I mean, from what I can see, it's being sold. Where our freedoms, our liberties are being sold, whether it's private property rights, our privacy, our health care, our, our bodily autonomy trend with, yeah. with the mandate. You're being sold to Big Pharma. You're being sold to Blue Cross Blue Shield. You're being sold to Verizon or, or Google. And those boundaries are those boundaries are disappearing, and it's the government's job to uphold those boundaries, and it's it's not doing that any longer. And you know, you ask why do you, why do you do what you do? That that's a big part of it. So I've been saying a lot, Jim, and maybe you can help me with this: that uh, there is no election that's going to fix the, this selling out mm-hmm. to corporations. It's going to take a dismantling of the, particularly the federal government and then start over. And I say that and I don't have a clue how we do that. Do you? Well, I think, I think the first thing you have to do is bring truth to light. You know, you have to, you have to get the information out. 
you know, we, we, we talked about the control of the media. Well, um, I've never seen a level of engagement. I mean, your audience is informed uh, the, the people that are part of what I'm doing. They, they do their homework and, uh, the information's out there. People just have to get it. But you have to bring truth to light. And then, then you have to find people that are actually going to show up and fight for it and, and not wilt like lilies or little uh, little wusses when, you know, leadership pushes them around a little. You know, you got to have... You got to have people with depth of character that are that are not going to just cave, and and that's you ask how we change this. You have to put people in those seats that won't cave when you put them under pressure. But those people do not want to expose themselves to what takes place. So consequently, you get a bunch of people who are little wusses or or melt like lilies. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the problem is this. Those people aren't going to stand up for you. They're not going to stand up for you. They're, you know, if you put a little pressure on them, they're going to sell you. They're going to bail on you. I mean, th- this is kind of like a bar fight. <laughs> it's it is a like a bar, bar fight. fight. It's a perfect place to bring this first half to a close, and then we'll pick it up with more bar fights. <laughs> Roll out on our Edge Friday. Jim Carlin, Trent Lewis, more after this. Let's talk about tender beef for a moment. Nobody can parallel the the volume and the quantity of high-quality tender beef compared to certified Piedmontese. The Piedmontese breed, they just pack the punch. It's all about the breed in this case and how the Great Plains cattlemen care for the critters. Get more details about how you as a consumer can tap into this tender beef supply by going to the website, cpbeef.com. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Loose on a red shirt Friday with our featured veteran, Jim Carlin, joining us. And I just realized, Jim, I didn't ask you, what county are you from in Iowa? Woodbury. Woodbury County. Mobile. Woodbury. Mobile. Yeah. You live at Mobile, too? No, actually, uh live in Sioux City, like in the rural part of Sioux City and, and Morningside. And, and uh, we're building a place down in Sergeant Bluff right now. Morningside is in the uh, the same conference as our two daughters that play softball. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I once was a an assistant football coach there, working with offensive linemen. More of an so you, assistant than a coach, but I had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> All right, so I got a feeling that you and I are going to end up at a softball game at Morningside next spring, but we'll talk about that. I don't know. That's entirely possible. One daughter plays at Hastings College, which I'm not sure where she's at. She's going to have surgery next week on a knee again. And another daughter's a freshman at Concordia. So both of them play at Morningside. So I'll see you then. I'll see you there. Les, let let me know when you're in town. Uh, You have an event coming up that we need to talk about, the Iowa Liberty Network. What, What are you doing? It's next weekend, correct? It's next Saturday, so it's uh, Iowa Liberty Fest, and um, it, it's a family event. We're going to have uh, some people you probably know pretty good. Uh, James O'Keefe from Project Veritas is going to be one of our speakers. Um, he he recently was uh, involved in a school board incident. He, he 
exposed BlackRock and and uh, he he's a citizen journalist and he's got a great take on things. But but he's somebody who gets into uh, gets into the details of what's going on and it brings truth to light. And uh, Steve Dace, who uh, you know, he's one of those people at the forefront of the whole COVID thing. When he was he he got right out in front on that issue and uh, you know championed it for medical freedom for people. And uh, he also did a, a movie recently called Nefarious that a lot of people are familiar with. And we also have Connor Boyack. Um, he wrote he writes the uh, the Total Twins books and. Just recently, one of his kids uh, who was involved in the homeschool stuff he does had or not involved in the homeschool stuff, but wore a T-shirt that said, don't tread on me, because he tries to teach kids freedom uh, about what America truly is. And and, uh, he gives them gives them great insight, like even into the Federal Reserve and inflation. I mean, he provides good information and insight for for kids growing up so they know how this country uh, was and how it should be. And along with that, we have six liberty-loving legislators, each of which is going to talk about an important topic. One of those topics is the CO2 pipeline and the land grab. I, I would assume you have Charlie Thompson doing that? Charlie is doing it. Okay. No, no, he's not. He's, he's involved in the pipeline conversation. Charlie actually has another very interesting topic. Charlie's one of those detail guys. So... Charlie found out there was a provision in a bill that would allow China to buy a thousand acre tracks of Iowa farm ground. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Charlie exposed that. And, uh, uh, when he brought it to light, that bill died as it should. Mm -hmm. It's it's stuff like that. It's what you don't know. and And that's why you have to get good information and, uh, and get that good information out to legislators so that they know. Because, you know, honestly, when I served there, there were so many bills coming across my desk, you couldn't possibly keep track of all that stuff. And uh, one of the one of the things we do is we get good information to our people so that they know what's, you know, not that we know better than they do, but we try to get them good information. So, uh as I said, this is a family event. We're going to, it's like an outdoor concert kind of a thing. People bring their folding chairs and, and uh, come and go as they please. We're going to have some food trucks there, some vendors that they're going to enjoy. And um, we're going to have a kid's tent. So if you, you know, if you bring your kids along, our moms for Liberty gals are going to be uh, having, you know, lots of fun things for the kids to do. But this is a chance for us to network. And when we network, we get empowered and we get good information out and we engage. And that's, that's one of our chief goals in this. That's yeah. I interrupted you by bringing up Charlie. You're on a path to tell us about the six legislators who are going to each have their own topic. You mentioned the first one, CO2 pipeline. What are the other five? Um, We are going to be talking about the need for a spiritual foundation with Brad Sherman. You know, you want people with a moral compass. You know, you want people whose integrity, to me, is, is my integrity is defined by my faith in God, mm-hmm. my relationship with God. And I'm not like some finger-pointing Bible-thumper guy, but I want him to define my decisions. I want to I, I want to have that as foundational to my life. Brad's going to talk about that. Charlie's going to talk about that uh, China land uh 
acquisition bill where the Chinese government could buy Iowa tracks of farm ground. Cindy Golding, do you know Cindy? I do. She's going to talk about she's going to talk about the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Deacon is going to talk about life at conception, and um, Mark Thompson he testified against Hillary in Benghazi. He's he's a state rep in Iowa. That that guy's a lion. Um, he got some sex trafficking legislation passed. He's going to talk about the real state of sex trafficking in Iowa. And uh, Eddie Andrews, I don't know if you know Eddie, but uh, Eddie's going to Eddie's going to talk about how do we change hearts? How do we how do we change hearts to get people to see the the value of what we're trying to do here? And that, you know, obviously that's important. So those are just some of the topics that are going to be brought up. So I participated in um, actually organized most of a 57-day tour called Arise USA in 2021. We went to 37 states. We traveled 24,000 miles with tour buses. We came through Iowa, had a fantastic event in uh, Iowa. And there's a couple of things. It It was very rewarding. Because sure. of the people, the networking, and I have lifelong friends that I met on this path. Oh, but yeah. the concern that I have about what I did, what we did, what you're doing at some level, what other people who continue to have these rallies, I'm going to call them rallies because the, the goal is to get everybody in one spot, get you the tools, get you network, network with people. And, but there's, there's this group of people, Jim, that seem to just, fall into line with finding the next rally to go to instead of taking something from the rally and applying it. Because my message has always been the same. If you don't do something different tomorrow than you did yesterday, we're not going to change anything. And so I want to find that happy medium in there where people enjoy going to the rallies, but they're not just doing it to go to another pep rally. Boy, that's very well said because I think that is the big problem is People have to care enough to be able to engage to get good people elected. And, and that's, that's really what changes the game. So I learned that if you have the leverage to force leadership to do something it doesn't want to do, you can get your way. We got the heartbeat bill done in Iowa by saying to leadership, if you don't give us a heartbeat bill, you don't get a budget. We were debating the heartbeat bill two and a half days later at 2.30 in the morning Mm -hmm. because there was only a three-vote difference, and we had four votes with four senators, Zahn, Chapman, Bertrand, and myself. Well, we had the leverage to force the issue. So if you want to change the game, you have to help people get elected. You have to write checks. The corporations write checks. Well, if we don't fundraise for our people, they don't win. And that's a reality we have to deal with and embrace as a responsibility. And, you know, they need help, uh, you know, door knocking, social media, all kinds of calling in on radio stations. If each of us is intentional about serving somebody we believe in and really doing something for that legislator, whether it's writing a tech, an editorial, whatever, that's how you get, that's how you get them engaged. And when those people get elected, that's when things change. I, I, I know this is what we need to fix. I don't know the way to fix it. Number one, we have too much money in campaigns to be elected, spending 
just to take, for example, Nebraska governor, the salary is what, $140,000. Right. And the current governor spent $12 million. Somebody spent yeah. $20 million trying to beat him and lost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when you come in and you get the PAC money, and I've had so many people tell me, I, I, I said, well, you get a change of governor. Everything could go against you in industry. That's what PAC's for. If it's just going to come back to who writes the biggest check, we got serious problems. We need substance. We need what's going to actually help people instead of just corporations. And that's where you started this entire conversation. We're not run by elected officials. We're run by corporations. Yeah. If you don't have, I mean, you're exactly right. If if we don't have meaningful campaign finance reform, and listen, I'm a free market capitalist. I'm a big fan of Milton Friedman. But I know the guy with the bigger checkbook has more votes with him because he, he can, you know, he, he can write bigger checks. He can write pack checks and um, they do write bigger checks. And un- until you until you deal with that reality in a fair, balanced way um, to say corporate free speech is the same thing, political free speech as you or me. It's not a level playing field at all. And I, you know, I, I think we have to creatively get some semblance back of uh, where the corporations are not running the show because they have the bigger checkbooks and they do run the show. And the, the average layperson can't write a huge check. So their their power is is obviously limited by the fact that, that they don't they don't have that same leverage. And just like that, we're three three segments down, one to go. We'll be back with more Jim Carlin from Iowa after this. At the recent Farm Progress show, I caught up with Mike Flat with Apache Sprayers. He's a director of marketing. And there's some new changes with these Apache Sprayers that you might want to ask Simpson Farm Enterprises or High Plains Apache about. Which means I throttle up and push forward to go forward, or I throttle up and pull backward to go backward. Basically just like a hydrostat. It's ground speed and throttle, all in one. And then I do have physical brakes because I'm a mechanical drive machine, so I, I don't have brakes in a hydro like I would there. In case the fence jumps out. Eh? In case the fence jumps out, I've got this kind of dual tandem brake pedal. But the issue with that, uh, there's a couple issues with that, but primarily we couldn't get the braking power we wanted out of those uh, brake pistons. So this uh, micro brake system, all with one pedal. That's Mike Flat, SimpsonFarm.com or HighPlainsApache.com. Ask them about the new braking system. I got a plenty of horses and mules that need better brakes, too. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Loose alongside Jim Carlin, Iowa. Liberty Network planning for a big old picnic next Saturday, mm-hmm. the 16th, is that not? Or 17th? 16th. So 16th oh, 17th and 1 December. Is, yeah. And where's hey, that located? It's uh, in Johnston, Iowa. The address is on the website of iowalibertynetwork.com. We're having it at a horse ranch. Just so you know. Uh it's like a big sprawling horse ranch and we're going to have a uh, uh, the stage is basically a, a semi trailer and mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're going to have we're going to have a blast with us and have some fun music and really good engaging speakers and uh, uh, yeah it's it's as I said it's a chance you know the vendors there you're going to have opportunities to network with people around the state 
you're going to get some great food. We got some good food trucks there. We we had uh, we're going to have some cheeseburgers there. And um, as I said, it's it, it's it's going to be like a family type thing where we can come together as a community and and have some really you know we're not going to have the typical conversations you see with the same platitudes where the parade the bunch of presidential candidates up there and they all say the same things or this is going to be different we're, we go in a, we go in a lot deeper like you do we get into the details of what's going on and, and uh uh that's 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 what's about i knew that you were at a horse ranch you've got a pretty good informant or i should say spokesperson her name is barb and yeah. uh, i would be there but uh, I'm flying to Maryland. So it's not that I'm snubbing you. It's that you didn't let me know quick enough, Jim. We will let you know next time. I, actually, I, come to think of it, I didn't hear a direct invitation. You were just, you know, throwing things out there that you thought might lure me. But you didn't say, Trent, you need to be here. Trent, you need to be here. <laughs> you're You're exactly the kind of person we like to connect with. I I think my quota for going to Iowa in one given year has already uh, been filled, but I'm going back. That's where I'm headed as soon as we get done, because I'm going to be in Des Moines and uh, Fort Dodge this coming up days. And there's a little patriot group in Kasuth County that I'm going to get the opportunity to visit with on Monday evening. Good people up there in Kasuth. Yeah. Algona. Algona is... That's where I'm yeah. going to be. Yeah. Stacy yeah. Besh, have you had to deal with the Roth? Oh, yeah, Sta- I know Stacy. Yeah. <laughs> Stacy's a firecracker. You're going to Yeah, you think anybody's ever told her no to anything in her life? She She's probably pretty good at getting her way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she's I one have of those no... people you just, she gets, she gets you going laughing and she's just a whirlwind of enthusiasm and fun. So yeah, she's, she's, she's got a lot of zip to her. That's really what it's about is you, the camaraderie that that's what you miss about yeah. the military. I know it is because that's what everybody tells me. Uh, but that's really what we're building is we're building camaraderie with people who love liberty. You're right. And you know, the thing is, is when we're around our people, doesn't it feel like family? Absolutely. Except you get each other. And that's really. You know, you asked, how do we change this whole deal? That's how you do it. You build a culture that's grounded in beliefs and convictions and shared values that they're willing to do something about. And I, you know, as I said, I think faith in God is foundational to that and embracing responsibility to the next generation to give them what we had and enjoy today. And uh, you're right. It's it's. It's so much fun to be around people who who think this way. Two things as a kid that I learned in Sunday school that I knew were just absolutely made up, could never happen. And those two things that my Sunday school teacher said was that there would be a, t- a point in time come in our lives where Christianity would be demonized and there would, you would be persecuted if you admitted you were a Christian. I'm like, there is no way that could ever happen in the United States. I'm a 10 year old kid. I know better than that. And the other thing 
that my teacher said was that there would be a point in time where a major famine would hit the world. I grew up on a farm. We have all kinds of food. Everybody's got food. There's no way those two things could ever happen, and particularly in my lifetime. <laughs> Jim Carlin, I'm 56 years old, and I'm about to witness both of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it it uh, it has changed. It has gone to exactly what you're talking about, and and uh, the the famine issue. I, I mean, I, I I don't know if you're alluding to the fact that all these places seem to be burning to the ground, and uh, looks uh, like a stage is being set for that. And and uh, all the above is what I'm alluding to, because uh, just like what Charlie Thompson rooted out in that piece of legislation. We have foreign interests who are now controlling more and more of our prime farmland. We have an, uh, a collapse of the infrastructure of food production at, at levels that we can't currently see from a, the fuel standpoint, from electricity standpoint. And the biggest thing and the reason I spend so much time on the CO2 pipeline is it's not just about the CO2 pipeline. It's about what is happening in terms of the encroachment upon our property rights and property rights are a keystone for liberty. And they are crumbling right in front of us. And we're putting up wind towers, which are not sustainable. We're putting up solar panels. All of that removes land from food production. And the amount of land globally that is coming out of food production is leading us down a path of no answer other than the lack of access to food, which, by the way, is what killed one million Irish and what they called the potato famine. But it turns out, Jim, when I went to Dublin, I learned that there wasn't a shortage of food. It was that the crown was still exporting the food and instead of, allow- instead of allowing the Irish people to eat it. And we're reliving that, too. Wow. Wow. Well, it's it. it I think it's foolhardy to ignore what's going on. Um one of the, you know, along the lines of what you're talking about, mm-hmm. 90% of our drugs are produced by China. Correct. 90% of our prescription drugs. So if they control the prescription drugs and they control our farm ground, and you know, the uh, the ownership of the things that are indispensable to, to living and um, health and everything else, we don't control. We don't, we don't control our own health care because they produce 90% of the drugs we need. And now, you know, Smithfield Foods, China, zoned by China, our beef processing, our fertilizer, um, all the things that farmers need are foreign owned. And uh, you can't ignore that and think you're going to maintain control over your country politically or, uh, you know, when that kind of power is being pushed around and the implications of that kind of power and that kind of control mm-hmm. over politicians, it's it's pretty daunting. And when Charlie exposed that bill, that China could purchase thousand acre tracts of Iowa farm right underneath the noses of most politicians who didn't even know that was going on. Yeah. That's the kind of work we have to be doing. People have to see what's really going on and, and just what you're talking about. So, Jim, the last thing that I want to dive into in, in great detail is, you know, I, I've recently been involved with the group, mostly a, a lot of Iwegians, Dakotans, uh, myself in Nebraska and formed the Free Soil, Free Soil Coalition. 
which is a network of information to get people information from Illinois, Louisiana, and how to empower yourself to stand up for property rights. Here today, you and I are talking about the Iowa Liberty Network. Two weeks ago today, I happened to be holding in my hand a card that was still on my desk from Darren Gobb, the Restore Liberty Network out of uh, Montana, which I know has tentacles in each state. So my question in that is, and I'm always reluctant. I didn't want to form another association because we have plenty of associations. We need action, not associations. Right. Where do we stop recreating the wheel and how do you rationalize all the different groups instead of if we could just pull all that synergy into one and go forward? Nobody could stand a chance against we the people. You're right. When you network, you empower. When you connect people, you empower. And when you mobilize people as a network, they can get real things done. Um, We're one year into the thing. We have 14 legislators working with us. You you tack on another five or six votes, then you have the leverage to say no to things you don't want, like the pipeline, or you have the leverage to say, uh, we're not going to give unfettered control of this thing over the Iowa Utilities Board, which is, you know, what a three three person board, uh, some of which have have a background, uh, you know, background with Summit and uh, connections there. And, you know, that's, you know, that's, you have to, you have to get that information out. Like when, when Brandstad, Vilstack, and Rastetter are all involved in that thing, people need to know that. They need to know what's really going on. And um, that's, you have to have legislators are willing to engage and not just do what leadership tells them to, because a checkbook is telling leadership, this is how it's going to be. You know, you have to have people with some metal to them that say, no, 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 we're not doing that. And the way you do that is you network people to say, okay, this year, these are the primaries we want to win. These are the elections we want to win. And you start targeting districts. You start targeting those weak people, those people that roll over, and you primary those people and you get them out. You know, just say no to rhinos, right? And show up and and, and get the, you know, replace him with somebody who will stand up for you. Uh, We have 30 seconds. Jim Carlin, tell us where to go get more information about the Iowa Liberty Network. Uh, We are at iowalibertynetwork.com and we are at iowalibertyfest.com. It's our website. It lists, it's got all the information you need about the event and, uh, you know, bring friends, bring family, bring your kids. Tell your friends about this, you know, uh, the better the turnout we have, the more results we're going to garner, the better we're going to be able to network. And that, that's one of the, it's not just about getting together for an event, like you said, it's about networking opportunities that our vendors are going to be meeting with people and saying, okay, this is how you can get in the game. I know this is a genuine event. Jim Carlin has explained it extremely well, but he said four times, bring your kids and any time that there's an event that incorporates the family unit, you know that it's something to have a tremendous force for the future. Check it out, iowalibertynetwork.com. Thank you, Jim Carlin. We've successfully journeyed down the path, connecting the dots from food producers to food consumers. We both remind you that all roads do lead to a rollout and say thank you to a veteran today. Sweet. Thanks, Jim.
Life is powered by coal. Folks, don't underestimate it. Check it out at lignite.com.